Hello and welcome to the Unmissables podcast. I am Boyd Hilton. I've got a bit of a cold, so I sound a bit, a bit nasal, a bit coughy, yeah, a, a bit, bit bunged up, a bit bunged up, a bit hoarse. I am joined by two very nasally clear <laughs> get people. If nothing else, we are clear in the nasal and area. And look, you guests, you are you are just co-hosts, We're really. Just furniture, part of the furniture. You're, well, you're the ballast. Oh, Stephanie Seelan. Hello. Back after a hugely long festive break. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. always tease me about the holidays. Four days longer. Mm. Four uh, days I longer. Think, I think anyone who comes back after the Christmas I know. It New Year break with, and yeah. takes the rest of that week I know. off routinely shot. should be at least... I know. <laughs> I, I know, know what you mean. I did it should feel be slightly apologia, bad. At least. I, did, I did feel slightly bad about it. <clears throat> yeah. But I've got a house full of dogs because I'm looking after everyone, my family's dogs. It's well, gone on holiday. That's topical, as you'll see yes. from uh, when we get to the menu. And the other voice you heard there peeking in <laughs> was uh, Kay Ribeiro. Hello. Who was back first thing, 2nd of January, no nonsense. Snout to the grindstone, oh, as always. As yeah. always. Grindstone, snout. <laughs> Very nasal um, conversation today. Very nasal. Uh, today, we shall be reviewing in depth the new Sky Atlantic slash Now TV historical epic drama, Britannia, which starts uh, next Thursday, the 18th of January at 9pm and will be available as one big box set as well. Oh, they're doing that again. Yeah. It's a plonk. As is their won't. Uh. We should also be talking about a uh, programme that goes on almost as long as the nine hours of Britannia, oh. Britain's favourite dogs, colon, Top 100, which is, I kid you not, two and a half hours. It's an evening. That's what it is. It's just an evening. You can it's have your dinner while you're watching long, it. Steph. It's an evening. It's a long evening. Next Tuesday, 16th of January, 7.30pm. Clear your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> that's wow. what, I'm, what that's else are you doing saying. on a Tuesday? We have watched every damn minute of that programme, haven't yeah, we? we? All we three have. of us. We're not going to give away those. Non, we're not Non-spoiler alert. We're not going to give away the numbers, who's number one and all of that, because we're, well, we're not allowed to, first of all, <laughs> and because that would be spoiling the whole point of watching I mean, then it. what would the point be right. of watching this So we're going to review hours. it and talk about what the program's like, but we're not going to say what dog came where in the countdown of no. breeds. And then finally, we're going to review a film. Um, the Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is very topical because it won Best Picture, Brackets Drama, and last night's Golden Globe Awards. Best Actress. And best actress, yeah. and best script, and best, and best screenplay, support, brackets, original, and best supporting, and best supporting actor, actor for Sam Rockwell, brackets, yes. drama from Sam Rockwell, four Golden Globes Which on may night. or may not be well deserved according to our review later. Well, we'll see, and some of us may or may not have stayed up till like three in the morning I knew you were going to do that, I was going to And some of us you. may or may not have been to a party before, and some of us may or may not be really ill now. So, yeah, so does anyone, do we may or may not feel sorry for you, we may not feel we sorry for you. We may not, we may not. Um, I think we're going to do quite a few, because this is Oscar season, this is awards season, so maybe we'll do, like every week we'll try and do some of these Oscar films as they come out. Three Bulls is out next Friday, this Friday, sorry, the 12th of January. Maybe next week we'll do another Oscars film. Oscar. Why the hell not? You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm almost calling ding. it a new <laughs> You forgot feature. about that, didn't you? Long-term listeners will remember that ting as the Oscars. That ting. The oh, Oscars yeah, that ting. ting. Yeah, yeah, that ting. Not ting in the streetway, as no. in ting as in that is Thank the sound. God. Thank God. <laughs> um, before we do any of that, before we get into the meat, let's find out what we've all been dallying with, watching, reading, listening to. Okay. Uh, oh, no, oh, Steph looks very... Oh, Steph. I was yeah. doing the newsroom. I've got an energy ball in my mouth, so it's not quite. I was doing the newsroom shuffle of so many papers because I've watched so much TV. In that Can case, I ask you before you begin? Please is, do. Is that a new jotter? Because you look like a reporter, and I love it. I, do you know what? 
I found this jotter at home and mm. now I've decided I'm going to go jotter forevermore. Oh, yes. Mm. Once, you, once you jot, you Yo, can't stop. You can't mm. stop. New year, new jotter. New year, new jotter. New me. <laughs> I'm glad Good. you turned over that jotter leaf. I have, yeah. And considering Kay's eating something called an energy ball, I don't know what that is. No, um, let's let's change. Let's change the format. Let's turn to you first. Thank you. Format change. Format change. Right. Well, what haven't I been watching? Okay, so... <laughs> Stuff not on Netflix? <laughs> okay, everything that I'm about to talk to you about is on Netflix. Oh. I can't believe it. It actually is. Right, but Dave We're Chappelle... sponsored, guys. Dave Chappelle's yes. two comedy specials yes. dropped yes. New Year's Eve. I was overcome that I had to stay up and watch both of them, one wow. after the other, so I didn't go to sleep till 4 a.m., what? Not because I was out partying, because I was in my house just that watching is, these. That is an, an illness, <laughs> Do you, I would say. Hold on a minute. Mm. What is your familiarity with Dave Chappelle? Know him very well. Me and Dee go believe, way back. I believe not. We go way back. So Dave me Chappelle dropped two comedy specials last Christmas after a, a let's call it a hiatus. He'd le he left comedy for a hiatus. while. Um, so his new one's equanim Equanimity is the best one. It's absolutely brilliant. Boyd, have you watched it? No, but what I was going to say was, am I not right in thinking these are quite controversial? Because does he or does he not kind of criticise some of the women who've been um, speaking out about abuse and all of that? Isn't what? that is an element to... to no, he doesn't. No. No. no, he doesn't. He basically, he addresses the issue somehow, doesn't he? He addresses the okay. issue and he talks a little bit about Louis C.K. Oh, yeah, um, right. Yeah, he, he, he kind of semi-defends Louis C.K. He doesn't defend him. No, okay. He just says that... This is all, this is all third hand, say, but I'm getting wrong. He does say it's quite... He thinks that the whole thing is quite funny in that right he i mean he, i wouldn't say he kind of <laughs> doesn't sound great no but then he also he says a lot in it he talks a lot about transgender people as well and says a lot right. about how that he thinks finds that funny and just says look you know obviously everyone's equal blah 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 um he talks about um mixed race relationships he talks about lots of things but his whole defense is you know i find these certain things funny and they're funny and it is hilarious so right. you know, do you've seen it. I haven't. I'm just yeah. There was definitely there have been controversial though. Just you know. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Controversially saying. funny. I mean, everything's controversial these yeah. days. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in this yeah, day and age into a room, of PC gone mad. Wearing a cardigan's controversial. Anyway, right. <laughs> I finished Breaking Bad. I couldn't get. Oh, I had these six episodes and it was just driving me mad. But I finished it in one day, so well I, I know what's happened now. What time did you stay up to on that? God, day? it was so exhausting. But I'm very happy with the ending. I know everyone else finished <laughs> it seven years ago, right? Except I'm John, fully, fully on board with Black Mirror. I've watched the whole of the fourth season of Black Mirror. Yeah. Now, do you like the title now? I cannot believe that I ever said anything that wasn't wonderful about Black Mirror. <laughs> Because it is so amazing. Reverse ferret on the title. I can't, and you know, you have done an <laughs> RF. You know that one that you talked about. There's an episode called Black Museum, yes, which has got two, yeah. uh, not just two other Black Mirror stories within the story. It's got reference to even more of the Black Mirror yeah. stories within this Black Museum thing. It's so clever. I just can't. Can you imagine what? Charlie Brooker and Connie Huck's children are going to be like? They're going to be like geniuses with like an amazing sunny disposition. Can you imagine? I hope so. But then yeah. aside... They've got kids. They've got they? two children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah two yeah. boys. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it's brilliant, isn't it? So if you ranked the... Um, you know what everyone's doing? Once you've seen Black Mirror, because they're diff six individual different episodes, everyone ranks them, don't they, in order what their favourite is. Best right. of luck. Have you done that yet? Oh, no, I, I haven't, but that. I would say yeah. Black Museum's probably my favourite. Then I like the SS McAllister one. Yeah. No, no, no. Then I like Crocodile. That's the one. USS Callister. USS McAllister. Yeah. Then Crocodile. You know what? I really, really sharp in my estimation, because I didn't really... 
one I didn't have give full time to was Hang the DJ. Oh, and Hang the DJ. And that's up to number one for me. Really? Yeah, I, I, that's the first one I watched after I watched Crocodile oh, okay. Hang the DJ. And I yeah. do like What's-His-Face. Um, Joe Cole. Joe Cole. Yeah, he's really he's good. But yeah, I mean, I if you haven't watched Batman Mirror and you're an idiot like me and you didn't watch it because you thought the net title was funny, then, you know, stop being stupid and watch it because it's brilliant. And the last thing I'm going to mention is, and I know you'll have watched this, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee... I that. did a written full on binge. My own oh, did you? So jotter. you can talk about that. I won't talk about that. No, no. I won't. Okay. You? Well, okay. I mean, so Go podcast on. for a long time, yeah. and now it's an actual show on Netflix where where Jerry Seinfeld picks up various different comedians for kind of mini interviews in, and every time he picks them up, they're like twelve minutes long in a different car, and he has a little chat with them. So. Chris Rock, Sarah Jessica Parker, Trevor Noah, who is absolutely my favourite, Jim Carrey, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, you name it. Larry David, Larry Barack David, Obama, uh, Steve Kristen Martin, Wig. Tina Fey. It's amazing. Yeah. It was actually, uh, without wanting to contradict your description, oh. which is otherwise factually correct, it was a web series. It was an online web series that oh. was sponsored by, I think, like a car manufacturer or something, something to do with cars. So it was kind of like a advertorial almost thing that was also brilliant. And then... Right. Um, then Netflix paid him to, to do their specials and they bought all the rights to to the thing. So, yeah, it, it is brilliant. Yeah. It's, it's all amazing. arrived in one go. I have watched some other things, but I'm going to talk about them next week. Okay. Have you watched anything? Have you signed up to Netflix yet? What's the latest well, on guys. that? Oh, goodness. Funny you should mention that. Oh, my that. God. Uh-oh. We really should be sponsored. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, okay. But Whoa. I am going to tonight because we have hit our 60 review target. Wow. Of uh, pod reviews. Now, I know everyone's excited about that. And that I say was... everyone, it's just me and Steph a little bit. Boyd, obviously. Boyd's giving me the nod for my crowd. The sound like, effect. My do, it crowd again, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it it sounds that... like a, a mildly asthmatic um, a woman. Uh, well, she was doing like a cat effects. gesture. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's how delirious we get so when we get So breaking news. Yeah, You're right, saying so... by the time this podcast goes out tomorrow, Tuesday. I have it, man. You will have put in my signed email address up to the and Netflix. Press click. Okay. Yeah. So what what have our latest reviews been like? <laughs> I mean, dare well, I ask? No. Oh no. Well, uh oh. We've had no. We've had two two mixed. No, two good reviews. Right, go two on. good reviews. Um, one said that. Um, oh, actually, Steph. One person. His name is at Ra Ra Ramsey. Great name. Mm. Um, said that he started using pogs in <gasps> yes. real life. Now oh. he says people on the ground love him. He described someone to his girlfriend as uh, a pog. Yeah, for the, the New ground. Year's Eve celebrations. Yeah. and she said, "Who are those people?" And he said, "They're the people on the ground." Yeah. <sighs> so okay. worth a listen just for that. So yeah. Get an extra um, description. In your arsenal. And also, um, this other person said that they love the show, entertaining, informative. And um, they've, oh yeah, they watched, discovered two new series and documentaries that they probably wouldn't have otherwise watched. You are otherwise welcome. Wow. Yeah. You are welcome. So you're welcome. Hot and their name. Actually, I'd like to thank Bimbled because you're your 60th uh, review. Oh, Bimble. Congratulations. Bimbled. Bimbled. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. So Thank you. I will be signing up. Everyone be glad to hear. But what else have you been watching, Kay? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so as Steph was sponsored by Netflix, her viewing, mm-hmm. my, turns out, my um, viewing was all through BBC. You'll be oh, here over Christmas. Her Majesty's BBC. Yeah, yeah British Broadcasting's um, Corporation. So the three things I love most over Christmas. <gasps> yeah, I mean, there is a gender pay gap there, but we'll, we'll forgive it. And I know that. We'll nice, allow you to. Yeah. Oh, I know. That nice yeah. China correspondent yeah, lady. Yeah. She, yeah. But she resigned and then she's still working for them. So I, I can't quite make and that she, out. And I she like resigned from the post of being the China, China correspondent. correspondent. She, didn't want to, she doesn't want to be the woman that's no. like pay gap woman. She's 50% less than... Yeah, yeah. so what's she now? What's she, she doing now? Now she's a general presenter. She presented the Today Show this morning. And have they increased their pay? 
No, she she was on because they wouldn't. They wouldn't give her the the par- pay parity for the correspondent. Yeah, job, sure, but she on energy pay now. Position, but this no, no, she's still at the BBC. She's still at the BBC. I understand that. Yeah, uh-huh. what I'm saying now is her new role. That, is she paid the same as the oh, gentleman in the in the same? One line. can only presume and hope. Well, get in touch. But I don't know. If get in touch. Let us know. We can do absolutely zero about well, it. But you can imagine what would happen if we found out that we were paid fifty percent less than Boyd Hilton. Well, <laughs> oh, hey, I'd whoa. be happy to be paid fifty percent off Boyd's salary. So, right, listen. So the BBC programmes I've been watching this Christmas. I'm glad I brought that up. <laughs> oh, right. Boy's actually okay. going a bit red. Um, okay, Oasis, Supersonic. Oh, I watched that. Fantastic. Boy, have you seen it? Okay, oh, yes. I um, mean, it's, it, she, uh, look, reviewed she and recommended in Heat magazine. Come on. No, 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 not that. I reviewed and oh, recommended okay. in Heat magazine. Yeah, it's, it's from, and it's a couple of years old, but it's the first time it's been on TV, hasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so anyone who hasn't seen it, it is about um, a documentary about Liam and Noel Gallagher and their rise through the band Oasis and how it all kind of kicked off in the 90s. Two year period, they finally like just. Strat- went stratospheric and documents their successes and their like sellout gigs, Nebsworth, all that. But also, obviously, their tumultuous uh, relationship, safe to say. What I loved about it is they interviewed both of them, but they're all off screen. And mm. it's actually, I, it actually enhances, I think, the whole do experience. You, do you know what I felt when I watched it? I actually thought, when I came into it, I've always had just had a presumption that Noel was really nice. And I, I came out of it and thought, Noel, you're an asshole. And Liam, you are actually sweet and lovely. And I thought the best thing in it is when um, Noel describes himself as a cat, an independent cat, yeah. and that Liam's the dog. And I yeah. thought, that is exactly how I feel about that's those two now. No, but also, I think that summari- yeah, it perfectly summarises mm. their relationship. Noel's really independent, doesn't give a shit. As you say, Liam's the, the like dog, needy. the needy, and wants he's love so and affection. Sweet. I love they're Liam. They're both like, I mean, they're very extraordinary characters, but I thought it was really interesting having Peggy, the mum, at the centre of the whole story and kind of just yeah. explaining their childhood. They, you know, they had an abusive father and like oh, their no, relationship. So like, it is absolutely brilliant. And also, after I watched it and I was wearing my parka, I found that I was just walking with a bit more swagger. So oh, I enjoyed it for that nice. reason. Mm. You've been walking around like a member of Oasis. Yeah, what saying? pretty much. Yeah. Mm. So Keep an eye out for that. That's on BBC iPlayer. It's on there for another two weeks, so you should catch it now. Um, Little Women. Did anyone watch that? Little oh, ladies. I didn't watch that actually. Yeah, I didn't watch that because I was I watched again for the second time the uh, Miniaturist. You watched you it, watched it, it for second the second time. time. I raved about it to my family, and then I had to watch it with them um, to explain certain bits. <laughs> so I honestly, I was knee deep in the Miniaturist. Who made, these, who made these little things? And I to explain <laughs> the miniaturist. Yeah, oh Just God. always say the miniaturist. Who's that? Oh, God, it went on and on. The anyway. clue is in the title. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> wow. They were really ch- upset about something that happened that we won't spoil it just in case you watched it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. A dog situation. Uh, yeah, fair yeah. enough, yeah. Oh. That was upsetting. Uh, anyway, so, so yes, yeah, Louisa May Alcott's oh, yeah. novel. Little Women. Adapted by um, <clears throat> Heidi Thomas, who I didn't realise was creative called cool Midwife. Midwife, yeah. yeah. And um, it's brilliant for anyone who hasn't watched it, Steph. I don't know if you've read the book, because everyone seems to have read, read the, the book. book. A okay. rare read for me. Yeah. yeah. So, so a lot of people have said it is, you know, quite loyal to the... Oh, I am the very, I have to say that I am very, very attached to the Claire Danes Winona Ryder Little Women. Oh, yeah. So I think this holds up to it. I mean, I haven't seen that, but I presume it holds oh. up to it. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen it? No, what? I've seen neither. No, oh. I'm not, what? I'm not, well, <laughs> Little Women, I mean... You um, to, what? <laughs> Oh my god! Excuse you. Draw the line somewhere. Excuse you. No, you know, it just doesn't feel like. Uh, wait a minute. I'm what, gonna bet- what, what do you mean? What, got, what are you doing? Little wait. women, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Because it's called it's, little isn't women. It, isn't it a children's Don't book? Don't be that guy. No. Isn't it? Oh, okay. Oh my god, it's so it's about a children's four, book. Four sisters, the March sisters, and it's about yeah. their, 
the, you're Coming sending me the original childhood book. to adulthood, <laughs> right? And backdrop of the American Civil War and all the things I experience. Yeah, no, no, it sounds it's good. Yeah. I'm furious about this. I, now. You I have am, to watch it. You're going to get a beating afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll help you, yeah. join, uh, Steph. I'm going to join in with that. And this one had Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's daughter in it, right? In oh, the women. Yeah, who was she? I don't know, but I read that she was in it. <laughs> young Hawke. Well, she was one of the Hawk. women. <laughs> the Thurman Hawke. Okay, well, I can confirm that Maya Hawke. Uh, yeah, Maya Hawke. Oh. <laughs> Just yeah, I've this is a shambles. Maya Hawke actually played Joe. She was one that I was going to highlight as being fantastic. Oh, oh. yeah, because she comes well, from, she's all, from an acting dynasty. We've yeah. all learned something today. Yeah, and also Angela Lansbury, your favourite star oh, as Aunt March. Yeah, was, yeah, great. So all I meant was, you know, there's so much to watch, isn't there? You know, no, I thought you that's know, what you said. What you meant was, was said, little oh, women, you've got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, draw the line. There's so much to watch. I can't. I've got. I've got to meet stuff out and. You need to slow down. It, it was slow down on this. Now I know that, that the hawk's in it. Do you know what? That's <laughs> a shameful backpedal, but I'm willing to accept it in order to move on. <laughs> right, so that's still on iPlayer for another two weeks. So catch that. That was fantastic period drama over Christmas. And finally, mm. Feud, <gasps> Betty and Joan. I've binged that. Well, it's yeah. amazing. Oh, God, that was so good. Have you finished Ryan it? Murphy, yeah. Oh, so good. Ryan, forensic detail to research and like the recreation of that Susan period. Susan Sarandon. And, like, yeah, amazing. Oh Who was better, Susan Sarandon or... Um, the other one. <laughs> what, uh, Jessica Lange? Jessica yeah. Lange. Oh, Susan Sarandon yeah, to me. Really? Me yeah. You I see, think I so. thought Jessica Lange, and even though it's I called her the other one. I think Jessica Lange probably had a harder yes. role. That's my But I found theory. Susan Sarandon's just so We should explain, this is about Betty Davis and, and Joan Crawford's relationship. Very fractious um, relationship, the rivalry between them, yeah. and when they came together to film make the, whatever, whatever happened, happened to Baby, Baby Jane, Jane which yeah. is one which, of the greatest films of all time. Which, I haven't seen the original. What? That's also, I think that's also on my place. They showed it after episodes three and four, or one and two on BBC Two. So I think oh, okay. it's also on my place. Well, I'll watch that. And so it is. You, watch you will Little get Women. so much joy out of watching whatever happened to Baby Jane. Now you've watched the feud. Yeah. You really, yeah, really I will. know. And I, it, equally good is Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which was the second film they're supposed to do together, which um, yeah. which is the one that um, Joan pulled out oh, of because they were treating her like shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's also another brilliant film by the same director, Robert Aldrich. Who's a brilliant, brilliant director. Carry on. What's amazing about this? Because like I haven't seen as like any of the films, but it's still fascinating. Even if you don't know anything about them, oh, yeah. it's yeah, so oh, fascinating. Yeah. Like this relationships completely at that time. this drama between them. What it says about Hollywood and the ageism and sexism that is still actually obviously nothing much has changed. Yeah. And like just it's so fantastically well researched. Afterwards, I'll start googling stuff because it's amazing. In Joan Crawford's house, Jane. everything's covered in plastic, and I was like, "What the hell is this about?" But Joan Crawford was Can't not be true. a great person. No, I didn't like her. She was not a chat. nice lady. No, although what I think I liked about it was that was that's that why I think Lang was portrayed. so good because yeah. she made her a human figure. And in yeah. fact, when there's a scene, is it in the last episode of Penultimate where she's with her kids, the yeah. daughters? She had adopted daughters, mm. four, I think maybe, yeah. two of which she got on really well with, and one of which wrote the famous Christian. memoir, yeah, the Mummy memoir. Dearest. That people, still now, there's controversy over how truthful mm. that was because she accused Joe Crawford of abusing her, yeah. being abusive. Physically, physically and emotionally, but people, but the other sisters, um, her sisters, kind of denied that and said it wasn't true. So it's an very interesting. But she cut them out of her will, didn't she? she cut yeah, them out that yeah. Two of the but I think world. Joan Crawford. I think um, Jessica Lange's performance of Joan Crawford is the more challenging. It is. I and in agree a way, with that. It yeah. is more challenging. Um, and can I just? Um, I don't want to be critical of um, Susan oh, Sarandon. You're going to say. Although she did, as the everyone, voice, isn't it? as everyone knows, as everyone knows, she did ruin. She pretty much single-handedly elected Donald Trump because she didn't refuse to back Hillary. Mm. Yeah. Just saying. Anyway. I don't think we can say single-handedly yeah, elected <laughs> Donald Trump. I'm, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being 
unfair. But she doesn't do Seems the Betty be Davis thing. voice. She doesn't do the Betty Davis voice, and I think that's quite an interesting decision. No, she doesn't decision. do the Betty Davis voice. You're right because she's so Betty Davis has such an incredible yeah. voice. Yeah, and it was quite. And every now and then she why almost do vaguely she does. Did, why do you think I she didn't know. do that? I'm fascinated by the fact she didn't. Maybe yeah. she could be asked. And I, I, mean, I really want to see. I now want to see a documentary about the making of this to see whether Ryan Murphy tried to get her to do the voice and she refused. Because mm. he must have thought, oh, you know, just try the voice. Yeah, it's. I think it's an interesting decision. Yeah. Oh. What, uh, what I also discovered through Googling, other than Joan Crawford did cover furniture in plastic, is that Ryan Murphy actually befriended Betty Davis and really? interviewed no, her before she died. Wow. Like, yeah, wow. before she died. So it's, it's what, a really because he good knew he show. wanted to make this, or just no? no I think that just was because years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but like, and all the research that's gone wow. into it. But like, he's so doing actually, another feud, isn't he? Charles, Charles and Camilla. Diana. Charles and oh, Diana. Diana, yeah. Charles is not in a feud with Camilla, <laughs> as far as we know. Not Camilla, I mean, Diana. maybe he is. Do you know something we don't? Yeah, maybe that could feud part three. Yeah. I even outstretched my hand. Yeah, I know. I'm excited about that. Charles and Camilla. Camilla. Right. Sorry, Charles and. But they've renamed it. Apparently, it's called going to be called Buckingham Palace. I read. No. Oh. Breaking mm. news. Mm. Very good. Very good. Breaking news. Mm. Oh, but now I feel like I might. Have I'm really not happy with that. I think it should stick to the feud. Charles yeah, and Camilla. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Diana. Mm. Well, thank you for anything else you watched. No, but you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Boyd. Yes. Well, comedians and cars getting coffee is this. Oh, oh no, you, you explain that. Yeah. <laughs> Next. That was going to be that is an absolute joy that <laughs> that has arrived on Netflix. Oh joy! Three, four chunks of series of it, and yeah. as you say, they're all like fifteen, twenty minute um, uh, things. Did There's you a, watch the Sarah Jessica Parker one? Because yeah, I thought that was I enchanting. That I watched most of them when they went out. Enchanting, enchanting. Good yeah, work. I really did. Yeah, the Obama one's brilliant. Have you watched the Obama one? I haven't one? watched the Obama oh, one yet. On. I know. Oh, what that, an you got idiot. a huge treat in store. Come on! <laughs> and you know what? The really incredible one is. What? is um, Gary Shandling. Oh, I love Gary Shandling. Who's sadly no longer with us. And he recorded it quite close to, I think, when he died. And oh. there's a lot of stuff about him, his, what, how he'd like to be remembered in it. Oh, I want to watch that And tonight. it's kind of, you know, it's incredible, really, because yeah. there's a lot of reflections on his life. He did Larry Sanders, Larry Sanders show, which was filmed very mm. the same time as Seinfeld. And they used to film on, on lots at the same time. And they used to kind of meet up with each other, Jerry Seinfeld and... Um, Gary Shandling to talk about their shows and they kind of reminisce about it. It's, it's an incredible oh. episode. That may be the best episode. Okay. All right. I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, so I'm just going to say that I watched the Golden Globes last night. Yeah. Yeah. Were you um, happy with all the winners? I was quite happy. Yeah. Generally quite happy. I was very happy that, well, I can't talk about the main thing. That's a spoiler, isn't it? What I yeah. think about the fact that three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri won four awards. But um, more interestingly, of course, it was... Have you seen any of it? You haven't seen it? I mean, you must have heard about the Oprah Winfrey speech. With, mm. Yeah, the Oprah Winfrey speech we've watched. Oprah Winfrey did an incredible 10-minute speech, pretty much. I didn't time it, but mm. an incredibly epic speech about it's, it's now time for women in, in the world mm. and black people and this whole thing. And yeah. basically, it was like, I'm standing for president. Yeah. It was such a rousing thing. Yeah. And Seth Meyers, the host, joked earlier on that she was mm. going to stand for president. I think she is. Do you really think I so? think she is. But she'll be standing and against you... um, Clooney. No, 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 no. She's going to stand against Donald Trump. Yeah, but isn't isn't Clooney going to announce as well this year? I don't think so. No, she I really, I think she really is. They wouldn't stand against each other. You wouldn't get two Hollywood liberals standing against each other. Mm. Um, but I think she's, apparently, yeah, if you look in all the news outlets mm. today, they're saying friends of hers are saying she's taking thinking about it seriously. Oh, my God, of course she imagine, would. Imagine, imagine if you said, like, 10 years ago, if you said, I think in the American election in 2020, it's going to be Oprah Winfrey versus Donald Trump. <laughs> it would have been like a bad satire, wouldn't it, on yeah. celebrity culture? I would have said it you're on crack. Boyd. You would have been, people would have said you're a pathetic attempt at satire of celebrity culture that Oprah Winfrey is taking on Donald Trump in the 2020 election. It's going to happen. Do you think that she's going to give everyone who votes for her car? <laughs> 
You get a car. A, wherever you get it takes. Wherever it takes, Steph, to defeat that. If idiot. you don't understand that reference, it obviously she gave everyone in her studio audience a car, famously on one of her episodes. Yeah, you get a car. You, you get a car. She is really rich. I mean, I think she could. You know, she, I read it's today, still a very generous offer. Yeah, to do a car. Boy, I read today that rich. she's got art collection. She owns one of the most expensive Gustav Klimt's. Oh, I love. Yeah, in the world, which <gasps> she, she paid a hundred. No, another one. Yeah, which she's paid tens of millions of dollars for. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why the hell not? Yeah. But so the other thing is, so she, there was that. Seth Meyers' monologue was really good. Mm -hmm. Was brilliantly, and I'm not a huge fan of his. I would like. Why? He's one of the. I don't know. There's so many of the late night dude hosts, aren't there? You know, they're all like the. I don't think he's that dude. Jimmy I this, think, Jimmy that. I think Seth he's nerdy. But I think he's nerdy. He is nerdy. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Yeah. What, what? James Corden, Jimmy Corden. Right, there are Jays. There are a lot of Jays. There are a lot of dudes doing late night yeah. chat shows in America. But he was very good. He absolutely brilliantly um, kind of modulated it, and his, mm. the jokes were, were all really. The jokes about you know uh, Harvey Weinstein were very well done. It was good. It was he was really good. Um, and the, but the best moment of all, mm. well, have you heard about this Natalie Portman moment? The no, best no. moment of all, Natalie Portman and Ron Howard came on to present the award for best director. And Ron Howe was like, we're coming on to Best Director. They did a little usual cliched thing. And she said, here are the all-male nominees for Best Director. <gasps> yes. And it was brilliant. And, of course, they then immediately had to cut to all the nominees, like Gail Del Toro won. For the way, and they're all like, didn't know what to do. They're all like, slightly like, yeah, it's brilliant, but I'm slightly embarrassed because I'm a man and oh we're all men. God. And it's really embarrassing. It was so good. good. And what did, how did Ron Howard react? He kind of giggled nervously. <laughs> yeah, next to her. It was very, very funny. So if you get a chance to have a look oh. at those... I think it's all on YouTube. I can't watch it tonight. How many things can I watch in one night? There's a lot to watch. And finally, the other thing I've been doing is I've been reading the book um, Fire and Fury inside oh, Donald Trump's you've White got House. A copy. It's on. It's on. Uh, it's on the books. It's on the iBooks. It's on, it's on the, the books. If you get that electronically. No, I want to read a hard no, copy. No, no, no. Yes, I have. Okay. She's just you got can Netflix. Read it. She's just got Netflix. Okay, you so got, she's yeah, not gonna, I only do them proper books. You only do proper books. Okay, well, you can be a purist if you want, but yeah. you can get it on the electronically. Oh my god, how amazing is it? It is amazing. It's great. Oh, you can even get it on um, uh, audio book. I've, I've got audio book. Have they? Yeah. Have they and drawn out all of the biggest revelations, or is there something in there that you have? So this is what I was going to say. They have drawn out the biggest revelations. In so there's been lots of four or five maybe excerpts in different magazines and outlets mm. before it came out. But the brilliant thing is, so I'm listening to the audiobook, which is very well read by some American actor, not the actual writer, Michael Wolfe, because he's got a slightly annoying voice. Mm. So they're like, no, we'll get him to do it. We'll get, no. a, we'll get an actor to do it. Yeah. But what is incredible is, is the detail, because it's quite, there's a lot of it. It's about 11 hours and I'm about halfway through. And the relentless detail of his stupidity. The undisputable detail oh. that he don't he That's really the thing that knows. gets you. And there's a, there's a brilliant review somewhere that I read that I should have noted down where it was that said, yes, we did all know, vague, you know, because all, all the White House correspondents are kind of all a bit jealous, I think. They're kind of going, well, we, we, we've been saying this stuff for months. Mm. You have, but there's a difference between it all being laid out page oh, after page right, yeah, or yeah. chapter after chapter of increasing almost insanity is all of this stuff it's just a, the piles and piles mm. and as it goes on you're like oh that's incredible they kind of reprint or you know they have all these long speeches like unedited yeah. so, you know, yeah. wow. and just him droning on and repeating himself on and on and on it that's the big thing incredible. isn't it him repeating himself I might yeah. listen to it on the audio then yeah try the audio but yeah. I re strongly recommend it yeah it's 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 kind of addictive you're just seeing more and more of this Incredible insanity from how the most of, powerful um, man in the world. How much these English pounds is it, Boyd? On audio, um, of I think interest. it's about. Uh, hold on, I will tell you. As I can sell my audio. Oh book. yeah, do you know what? I've been frantically reading all excerpts I could. Get I my know hands I on have as well, but then I thought, oh god, they're going to pull out everything. That was a bit of it. That there. was a bit of it. You got that um, for free. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much to pay for us. it. I don't know. Sorry. 
But I think it was like, I'm, I'm going to guess about 10 quid. Yeah. Worth, worth it. it. Worth every single worth penny. Worth Fire and Fury by Michael Wolff. And, and a lot of people have been slagging off Michael Wolff, who's a very notorious journalist who wrote the book, saying there are inaccuracies. And there are inaccuracies, apparently, because they rushed it out. You know, they, yeah. they, and, but every non-fiction book has got What's inaccuracies. You know, there's details. There. The general gist of it is, is he's mad. true. And he's a He's child. a loony. He's insane. And he should not be in charge of no. anything. Bring on Oprah. Uh, let alone the most powerful if Oprah country in the world. President, yeah. so she becomes the first female black president, which is going to be the greatest thing ever. Do you think <coughs> she's going to bring Hillary in? No, I hope not. Oh, I hope not. No. I mean, I think okay. I think Hillary's time as a as a any kind. Do of... you think she'll bring in Ellen DeGeneres as her deputy? <laughs> <laughs> Ellen would be great. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. No, the rumor is Tom Hanks. Seriously. Oh God, that would be that's oh, that's what Seth Meyers said on the Golden Globes. He said. Oprah as president, Tom Hanks as her when, I think she should probably bring in a politician. I mean, when you know. life actually Perhaps. fully turns into a Hollywood film, yeah. it's just going to be incredible. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. So, a little bit of politics there um, from me, as Ben Allen used to say. And let's move straight on to the meat. Let's shall, dun, we start dun, with, dun. shall we start with? Shall we start with? Britannia, <laughs> which is a nine episode historical drama. From Jez Butterworth, the writer of such blockbuster films as Spectre, James Bond James film, Bond, love. Edge of Tomorrow, and plays like Jerusalem. And uh, he co-wrote this with his brother, actually. And it's set in 55 BC when um, the Romans invaded Britain, Britannia, and they tried it 100 years before. It didn't work. They're trying it again. Britain, Britain, that Britannia itself is kind of a world of Celts and tribes and um, kind of strange people believing in strange quasi-religious um, acts. And into it, we've got Aldous Plautius, played by David Morrissey, who's like the Roman general who's in charge of the troops. And it begins with him being kind of weeding out the troops that he thinks are being a bit unenthusiastic about invading. Bit of a nasty bastard. Bit of a nasty bastard. There's, um, there's the Canty tribe, and there's like Kelly Riley plays one of the, the daughter of the king of the Canty tribe. Zoe Wanamaker plays the queen of the rival Regany tribe. Julian Ryan Tut plays the Canty king's son. Mackenzie Crook plays this very strange um, thing called Veron. Is that Mackenzie Crook? That's Mackenzie Crook in oh a lot of makeup. Oh my God, his face is so yeah. kind of mutilated. Mutilated face. Mutilated face, yeah. And um, that's the kind of setting. And it's kind of, it has been compared to Game of Thrones. People are saying, you know, is this like a... It's too easy, isn't it? Like a bit a of an easy, yeah. yeah lazy. Just mentioning that comparison mm. rather. Let's, we'll rise above that because we're not lazy. No, we're oh, not. I can't rise above it actually. Oh, okay. Can I just mention one thing? Right. It feels to me like... <laughs> Sky are kind of in some ways scrambling around and going, right, we've got to get people hooked on something for at least a couple of seasons before Game of Thrones ends. And th this, they think, is what they're going to get people hooked on. And I'm just going to say now, they're not going to get me hooked. Oh, I really? So absolutely hate it. Oh, <laughs> she's gone straight in. I, and I love Jess Bus Butterworth, and Jerusalem's one of my favourite players. I really, really loved it. But um, I just could, I hated this so much. I actually couldn't continue watching it. I thought it was completely confusing. I thought it was, even just like the, the filming, I just thought it was crap. I just, I really, really hated it. I am it. a gog. I really, really did not like it. I thought it was rubbish. And I've never said something was rubbish. Steph, but what do you think of it? I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> I really, I just didn't, I just, it, it like jumped around loads. I thought it was incredibly, like it was incredibly confusing all these different tribes. Like not even, it was just, they needed to like, 
there was like three plots in that that they needed to not have because it was just like you jump around. I was like, who the hell is? is I mean, look, it's I, I agree with you. It, it was at times confusing because you're like, oh, which tribe now are these? To, you know, within the druids and stuff, and there's a lot of interfighting and you know. But I have to say, well, maybe this not just fighting, but interfighting. Yeah, interfighting, Inter- fighting within the fighting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have to say, like, I'm. I don't, as you know, I haven't watched Game of Thrones. I've resisted to this point. So I don't have that comparison to make. Netflix so maybe and Game that's of why Thrones are both going to be new, I think, new year, new revolutions yeah. for you. As soon as you've watched Little Women, I'm happy to do if it. If you watch, as soon as you've read, <laughs> he's drawn a line, read and woman. watched it. If you had watched Game of Thrones, I, and I even thought to myself, okay, if I went back to season one of Game of Thrones, would I still think this, it was, would I go, oh, Game of Thrones is a bit shonky at the beginning? And no, this well, is. I don't think it's shonky. I think, I don't like it. <laughs> well, you made I, that clear. I Kay. really. No, it's, I, I yeah, actually. We're so both agog. This is um, this is unlike anything that I'd usually like. So I was a bit reluctant to watch. When you said we we're watching, I was like, oh god, yeah, got like GOT rip off. But I have to say, I got, I found it. What did you like about it, though? I'm just about to say. All right, come <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> Please continue. I just thought I thought it was well acted. I thought it was quite a compelling storyline. Um, I just, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, and also I found it quite funny. Like, thanks to this guy called The Outcast, who I didn't look up the name, the other actor, sorry, apologies. Um, but I thought he was really funny. He's this insane character who's a, um, he's a druid, but everyone's like, he's a, well, he's an outcast, and so no one wants to know him. But he actually, he's quite fundamental in the storyline in terms of, there's a, there's a ritual ceremony of the solstice where women, children are becoming women, and something horrendous happens, and then he plays quite a crucial part in looking after some of them. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I it's so unlike anything I'd like. I, so I was so, but I was actually watching, I was like, I'm really interested. I'm definitely going to watch the next episode. And that's I'm, so unlike I, me. I am a gog that you liked it. I got so confused. I thought the young girl who was having the solstice thing. Kate. I, yeah, I got Played really by Eleanor Worthington Cox. And I'm still not quite sure. Was she wasn't the young version of Kelly What's Her Face, was she? No. No, she's just, it's See, just a separate it's just stand. so confusing. Why was would it you all think happening? That, was it all happening at the same time? Yeah. Oh, it's it, so cross, it cuts between, it's fairly standard for a drama to cut. Between like like Game of Thrones does, yeah. I mean, it cuts between. There's just loads of tribes. Different tribes. Yeah, different there's too many. There's too many. I don't think it's too many. There's too many. It's too confusing. I did not enjoy. I think the scenery is everything's epic. I thought the scenery yeah, it looks was great. Like, did you think so? Yeah. yeah. It looks different. Oh. It's not. I th- I think. I thought it looked like it was filmed in a really rundown park. <laughs> oh, oh no! No, no you're being ridiculous. No, I didn't think it was actually. You're being unfair. I, what's no. in your cup? I think you've got something like I just, stronger I did, than tea I, in there. Are but you then on I'm the like, I'm a game. I'm a game. I love Game of Thrones, and <sighs> so you're prejudiced. I think it's not Maybe. Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm I'm annoyed with myself for bringing up Game of Thrones because, but everyone. I mean, but everyone will. Yeah, like, because it's it's a lavish, you know, and it, it's got tribes in it. And is it, it and lavish? It's a, it is lavish. It's okay. lavish. Damn you! Right. Hundreds. What about when there's a whole fleet of ships, the Roman ships? Yep. That shot, great shot. CGI. Yeah, of course. But I'm just saying. So that's what do you think, yeah, but what do you that think they did in Game of Thrones? Beautifully done. Yeah. They had Every... all of those ships there with all of those fully manned people. <laughs> Kay's Kay. done you. Kay's yeah. done you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I really, I, but Kay's right. It's funny. That's the reason I really liked it. I think it was. I think it was. Um, it's. It's a mixture of kind of bizarre and I really like the weirdness so it's the druid stuff and the, and the and these weird um, yeah, that guy. rituals that they're all getting involved Varan. that are bizarre yeah which by the way um, Jess Butterworth it's that moment I went to the launch oh, and at the God. Q&A pick up your vodka yeah. everyone drinking game you went Jez, to the launch Jess <laughs> 
Butterworth said, I think he, and he didn't need to say it, but someone asked a question about the historical accuracy. And Jess Butterworth basically said, well, we did have historical advisors, but they told us that no one knows. No one knows what was going on at this time. You know, so it's all, you know, that, that I mean, the Romans did invade Britain. That's a fact. But part, all these tribes, and stuff, they've kind of made it all up. No, don't, they and didn't you know, know. That's why I don't like it. But that's why I do like it, because they made it up. So they've used artistic. <laughs> Game of Thrones, famously Dru- based on facts. Druids. Yeah, right, exactly. Druids. Again. It's Druids. Case you again. <laughs> Druids are the new dystopian. That's what I'm saying. Oh. No, it's over. Well, at least at least we know you, it's irrational. Your hatred is irrational. That's good. What I will say is a warning to pogs out there who are like me and not super into violence. It can be. It is quite violent in places. Yeah, like, it's violent. Very graphic. But listen, if I'm able to get over it and enjoy it, I think you'll be. What, it's entertainingly bonkers that's what I liked about it it's, it's like, funny it's weird mm. it's mad it's 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 definitely like you think oh they're going to make this kind of mainstream it's it's weirder than Game of Thrones really it's and really Game, weird yeah and it's that's what I loved weird. about it I think I like that about it I think oh, it's great it's too weird. I really liked it how many stars Steph are Two? you going to give it Two and that's generous Look, I was really, I was really had high hopes because Sam Mendes involved, and I like Sam Mendes. Yeah, Sam Mendes is one of the what? like He's uh, exec producers or something. Yeah. yeah, him and Jess Butterworth worked together. He brought Jess Butterworth into the Bond film, so you know he he directed the, the two oh. Bond films. And Jess. I love everything else Jess Butterworth has done, but everybody has a down day, and I think that this is a down. <laughs> oh down my god, day. a down day! I just look. It's Britannia, aka Jess Butterworth's down day. <laughs> That's horrendous. Yeah. We can't say that. Um, well, I, okay. How many stars are you giving it? I'm giving it four stars. I'm going to give it four and a half. It's like kind of like if a historical madness and weirdness happened in centre parks. That's what it reminds me of. Centre park. I don't oh, like God. it. We have to move on. I mean, that sounds good talk. to me. I've I, I watched that. <laughs> it's an unfair description of this show, but I would watch it anyway. Britannia uh, starts on Sky Atlantic slash Now TV next Thursday, the 18th of January, 9 o'clock. And as is there won't, all nine episodes are available for Steph to binge on. <laughs> From Britannia... To Britannia's favourite dogs. Woo! Oh, good what one, boys. Seamless. What? It's almost like we planned these things. We didn't. <laughs> Britain's favourite dogs, the top 100, next Tuesday, 16th of January on ITV, all night from 7.30, as we may have mentioned, to it's 10 o'clock. Evening. It's an evening. Um, this, she has no problem with. Almost as long as like Titanic or shock, yeah. longer than Citizen Kane. <laughs> uh, just saying, this is a countdown. Uh, why am I describing it? We, we chose this, didn't we? Uh, this is how it, this this is what happened. I was talking to Kay. What should we do? What should we do in the podcast? You're away, as you, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> we've revealed already. You're an extra week away after Christmas. Four days. Four days, and we thought Brynn's favourite dogs top 100. Two and a half hours. We were intrigued by that, but also, of course, we know you're obsessed with dogs. I am. We did it for dogs. you. We did Thank, it for you. This is you. like the Steph Sealand section. Yeah. Especially. So, Steph, right. explain what the hell this okay. program is. So, yes, we are. No, I'm not the only person who loves dogs. I like, do- yeah, I love dogs. I do. Everybody yeah. loves dogs. Mm. And do you know that one in four households now has a dog and they have now overtaken cats as the. Yeah. the I know because I watched the program. <laughs> 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 Your sarkiness will not be tolerated when we're talking about such a serious program. Okay, so Sarah, Co- Sarah Cox and Ben Fogel are presenting basically a rundown of the top 100 favourite dogs of our great nation, Britain. Okay? <laughs> it is long, but it's intermingled with very emotional stories about certain dogs. Some breeds they just gloss over. 
Okay, they're yes, just like, they oh, do. this is just yeah, a certain number. Yeah, you feel really pissed off yeah. from the yeah. dogs. It's like beagles. I know. Beagles. Oh, your favourite. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally glossed over. Yeah, I'm I thought that when I was watching. The it. great thing Furious. about this is that there's a, they talk a lot about endangered breeds of dogs. Like one of my favourites, the Dandy Didmont, which I don't I don't think is a problem. We saying it's at 100 and it's an endangered species, not an endangered species, an endangered breed. Yeah, we'll um, let ITV judge that, but. <laughs> And also, so, but it's got a lot of like heartfelt stories about like heroic dogs and people who've lost their dogs and things. And there's a lot of nice messages about how dogs are good for you. But I do take umbrage with a couple of things. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> right. She's like a dog with there's a dog. There's a dog in it. Okay. The one thing I would say. There's a right. dog in it. Did you just say? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Just, let me just confirm. There's definitely there's a dog in it. There's a certain dog in it. There's a hundred of them. There's a certain dog in it called Mugly. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. who's, um, I can't remember the exact it breed. Written. It's a Chinese crested something. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, a, no, it's called just something. Chinese crested. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, they, they, I mean, a lack of respect right. is shown for Mugly, but yeah. Now, in, I t I'm not spoiling anything by saying, right, Mugley's, he's on his way out. Okay, he's old, right? He is the one that's won, you know, the world's ugliest dog competition. And his owner says, right, he's... We Can made I just say, Mugley's got dementia and he's 13. Yeah, yeah before yeah. you slag him yeah. off. No, no, I know, but his owner says, he's got a bucket list and he's been on trains and he's been on boats and he's been on this and he's got one thing left that he wants to do and it's to go on a motorbike. Now, my one thing is, is that Mugley doesn't give a shit about going on a motorbike. So to put Mugley in a leather jacket on a, and goggles. And goggles. I kind of, I'm not really down with that. And I'm, a, I really love, I'm not saying she doesn't. We she don't know truly, that wasn't his last wish. She truly loves How dogs, do you know? But I just don't think. And then there's like things in it where like this. We do know. There's people who had um, two St. Bernard dogs and they were like, oh yeah, we just didn't realise they liked each other so much until they had 14 St. Bernard dog puppies, which was very cute. So there's puppies. And there's, <laughs> anyway, and they eventually get to number one, which we won't reveal, but. I don't think there's too many surprises about the nation's favourite dog. Okay. Kate. Right. For me, I mean, we've already said it is two and a half hours long and that is, in my opinion, too long. However, it was educational. So, I mean, a lot of these names I thought were made up, but we got to learn about Chalkies. Hold on. Did you Have you mentioned the boys? My, no, so my on. dogs, my dogs, Yorkshire Terrier crossed with Jack Russell. I always thought they were called Yorkie Russells, but Kay can reveal that they're called Jorkies. Yeah. 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 They were pretty happy that they were number 91. Or Second a different spoiler. number. Yeah. Second spoiler. I mean, they're I think anything up after 90 is, you know, <laughs> you know, actionable with some sort of, you know, written okay. warning. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we learn about like Staffy Jacks, Golder Doors, oh, my favourite Poochon. Well, it's mainly because it's got poo in the name. Yeah. Um, so you got to learn all those things. It was interesting um, were you able to put aside your fear of dogs when you were well, bitten by a one-eyed shih tzu? Okay, true story, Kay was bitten by a one-eyed shih tzu and has forever marred her experience with yeah, dogs. Yeah, I know. Well, interesting, shih tzus are glossed over as well, aren't they, so to speak? Yes, they. well, they rate a bit too highly for my liking. Okay. I was literally on tenterhooks, like a cat, like, like claws, wondering when mm. it was going to come up. And then they came up and described as little lions in Mandarin. And Sarah Cox actually says but they're anything but fierce. And I wanted to say, hey, Sarah, when you've got one dangling off your thigh yeah. and you're screaming hysterically, yeah, it's pretty fierce. This is just an individual shih tzu. This is not all shih tzus, let's just say. And that. it had Disclaimer. one eye, so. and Yeah, it let's one not eye. be racist about shih tzus. No, let, please do not well, be I don't racist, know. dog racist. But, um, yeah, my favourite dog is a black Labrador and... Ben, don't. Ben Fogel's. Don't ben yeah, Ben Fogel yeah. has yeah. one and I'm hoping it does well. Um... I did think. Boy, it, it I was, can't believe you watched I, two and a half hours. I mean, I did. I can't believe it either. I, I have to say, it's one of the more extraordinary scheduling um, 
things I've ever seen. Pray tell what? Decisions. That's the word I'm but looking for. I don't think you're half hours long. No. But I don't think you're understanding how much people love dogs. They love Steph, dogs. Steph, they had a countdown of the best nation's favourite Elton John songs. That was only an hour and a half. Dogs get another hour. I mean, I was. Well, I got to about. You get to about. Everyone loves dogs. Not everyone loves Elton John. Yeah, that's, that's exactly you the, the point. I you looked at the. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at the. God, it's another hour to go. I was like, yeah. Oh. yeah, but you can have it like on in the background while you're shooting no, your dinner. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's an extraordinarily bold decision by ITV to devote, as you say, an entire evening. I mean, they must be confident that the nation loves dogs I enough. I tell you what's going to happen, right? This is what happened. If we hadn't watched it for this, I would have watched it to see where all my family dogs came in the ranking. And that's what will happen. People will watch it and go, oh, where did the golden retrieve Yeah, maybe come? they'll record it and fast forward it. Though. <laughs> Listen, though. No, they won't, boy. They'll watch it. Cause it's... I Go on. Crucially, though, you yeah. say that, and I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. But what's not made clear at the beginning is, like, how have they come to this decision of the order? They haven't said. Who who were the decide? Well, Who's the panel? Is, they say oh, you they, voted, no, didn't they? They, they do. They them, but they did it. Vote. They also they do tell you. They did it with, um, who was it? Was the it Kepler or someone? Yeah, was it, it was somebody else. They do, they do collate So something. what? So the public voted. Yeah. So it wasn't like a panel. Oh, here we go. Look, in, in the notes, having tell surveyed 10,000 people yeah. on the type of dog they own to provide one of the most comprehensive surveys. So there you go. That's, they surveyed... So they no, found but, 10, yeah, but my point. Oh, okay. So it's the most. Po- okay, fine. Jerry Halliwell's in it. That was a low point for me. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was singling out poor Jerry. It was, was a low point. Say, got one. What what happens a lot is, in, and you kind of indicated that you hinted at it with your um, with your story that you highlighted. The leather jacket wearing. The leather muggly. jacket wearing mugly. There's a lot of anthropomorphization going. Yeah, on. I mean, and I and and. Like all of the celebrity um, dog owners, actually, I have to say, apart from Gabby Logan, I thought was brilliantly refreshing. So there's a Gabby Logan and her kids and her husband. They've got two different types of dog. I can't remember what they are. And um, you kind of see their whole family. And they, she brilliantly avoided anthropomorphism. She she says her dog's stupid. Yeah, she just says, that one's a bit stupid and lazy. The other one's like, Mm. and she wasn't saying they're like, they have human emotions, Mm. which people like Gogwan were. You know, they were kind of implying that, you know, these, and they know what's going on. And that, and you think, all right, you're being nice about your dog, but there are, but I think partly these, a lot of these people do seem to seriously believe. The Jerry Halliwell calls a certain type yeah. of cognition. <laughs> no, I don't. You know what? It also features my worst thing that some dog owners do, which is kissing their dogs in the mouth. Well, there's a lot of that. Oh yeah. my god, I can't bear it. Yeah, that is like. I did think, in all seriousness, it is incredible. Two and a half hours, incredible amount of time. I did think it got pretty repetitive. Like, you yeah, of course know, it did. Did you find any of the stories is. moving? Oh yeah, of course. Like yeah. the stories are moving. The do story think of it's the most moving one, which I was expecting. Was it about the man? No, the um, poodle. The poodle, his legs stopped working, yeah. and then someone, spoiler alert, invented a, 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 a thing a to wheel? help the dog. A wheel, a wheel, trap wheel contraption. Thing. Contraption, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, that was moving. That was pretty incredible, for me, I have what, to say. And I wasn't expecting to be moved by the poodle section. What this needed for me, I think, is the super vet. It needed some kind of real, like, authority No figure. more dog experts, I know Ben no Fogel loves dogs. his dog and he's written a book about his dog and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, have any idea that Sarah Cox cared about the dog. I'll dogs. tell you what would make this more palatable to me. Oh. If it was an hour. Oh. Yeah, I agree. This, I, oh, do you know what? I can't wait to see 20 favourite dogs. It's going to do really, 50, really maybe, well. 100. Yep. You are having a laugh. No, it's going to do <laughs> Anyway, how well. many stars are you giving Bryn's favourite dogs the top 100? Okay. Three stars. Three? Mm. <laughs> that is outrageous. What are you giving it? Four and a half. <laughs> it's a three for me. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, there are very lovely bits in it, but oh my god! Oh, very moving parts to it, but I just think we don't need a hundred dogs. It's a slog of dogs. Neither of you have got dogs, so you don't understand what it's like to have a dog. That's yeah, why. That's, well, that's I kind of after watching right. two and a half hours of it, I do now. 
Do you know what? All the pogs are going to be outraged. They're we love dogs. Outraged. We love dogs. We just don't need to watch two and a half hours of it. Britain's Favourite Dogs is on ITV next Tuesday at 7.30pm. It's going to do really well. Why are you going to watch it again? Do you know what? They should Finally. have had some famous dogs on there as well, actually. Maybe. But anyway. Right. Still talking about the dogs. Sorry, go on. We won't give it up. Finally. Multiple award-winning, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, opens this Friday. It's a film in your local cinemas, and it stars Francis McDormand, Sam Rockwell, and Woody Harrelson. Kay, would you like to... Uh, sorry, I caught you by the Because <laughs> I went witched on about um, whatever the first thing was we reviewed. Yes. Britannia. Yes, Steph described the essence of 100 Dogs, which was fairly easy, I have to say. Oh. You get to describe what the hell three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is. Yes, I will do. Okay, so it focuses on um, a small-town divorcee called Mildred, played by Frances McDormand, and her frustration at the fact that her daughter, her teenage daughter, was raped and um, murdered uh, six months before and that seemingly no one's doing anything about it. And she's a really feisty uh, woman who just lit can't let it go, understandably, wants some answers. Um, and so she decides to rent out three advertising boards in her small town area and write mass have massive font saying, you know, basically, what the hell's happening? Why is no one solving this? And names the... Sh the Police sheriff, chief. yeah, yeah. Um, played by Woody Harrelson. And it's this story and how it unfolds and the relationship between Woody Harrelson and Francis McDormand and how this issue is resolved. But they also focus on this uh, police officer, Sam, played by Sam Rockwell, called Dixon, Jason Dixon, and his journey, because um, basically he's a moronic knucklehead and quite ra you know Redneck, racist, racist, yeah, all the horrendous things, and his kind of journey through the story. I don't want to give too much no. away. Yeah, because the thing about that's so brilliant about this is that actually it's really kind of surprising um, yeah. at various points and you think things happen that you, you could not in any way guess are going to happen, which mm. is one of the things that makes it so unbelievably incredible <laughs> and deserving of all of the awards that it's got. But can I, can I just say something about Frances McDormand? I, she's I one, like she that. is one of my Anything, favorite. Let alone McDonald's. And she has she's one of those uh, triple crown people who's won a Tony, an Oscar, and an Emmy. And now oh, really? she's won a Golden Globe. Yeah, so she's won. She's got to do an album. She can win the um, Grammy. Yeah, she won a Grammy, and yeah. then she'll have everything. Yeah. Um, oh, she just needs to get an unmissable award. So she. Well, right. That's oh, the yeah, fifth. Hold on a minute. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Next obviously year. she. I mean, she. I don't think she has made a bad acting decision in her life. I love everything she's in. And if you haven't seen Olive Kittredge, which is still on Sky, which is a brilliant thing she was in, I think it was a couple of years ago, that's amazing. Um, this whole film is like this amazing story of like redemption and retribution. It's the three R's and racism. And it's just got so much depth to it. And every individual in this story regardless of whether they come across as a bit of a nasty bastard, has such an incredible personal journey. It makes the whole thing just like, it's a pleasure and a joy to watch. And it's hard going. It's hard going to watch some of the scenes, but it was just, this is one of the best films I've ever seen. It? It's and it's funny. hilarious. Because but then she never takes anything that doesn't have a sense of humour because of the, her being married to Joel Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers. Is I feel what? like, well, I feel like she always, she always takes things that have a certain level of humour. And she started her career with Fargo very much in that kind of vein. So she always has to have, she plays characters that are always a little bit kooky, doesn't she? Yep. It's written and directed, we should say, by Martin McDonough, of course, of In Bruges fame, which is one of the great... Uh, Colin Farrell. Very dark black Haven't comedies of our, of our time. You've got to see In Bruges. It's, really it's absolutely brilliant. And um, he's also a playwright. He's got play currently on in the West End, which is brilliant. And um, Kay, mm. do you agree with Steph? 
Yes. About this film. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, did you think? I think you this is... I thought you, you looked at me as if you've said that already. I think this oh, is no, no. no. I, I completely agree. And I like. I really like the, as you say, the dark humour, the like kind of like, I was going to say black humour. I don't think No, it's true. It's black comedy. Black comedy. It, yeah, this has some dark humour. Um, did you think, I re- I think Sam Rockwell really deserves his um, Golden Globe for um, Best Supporting I think actor. Francis McDormand Francis is fantastic. Francis McDormand is like, great. The great brilliant. Do you, have yeah. you watched Fargo? No. Oh, you should watch Fargo. And Olive Couture. Francis McDormand is just an incredible actress. The interesting thing about this film is that... It's I not agree true? With you, no, it is. Well, it's not... It's not true. I know, but you know what? When I first no, I started watching it, I thought it was true. Oh, no, 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 no. Because it's just, there's so many parts of it that could be drawn from yeah. real oh. life that yeah, you yeah. kind of think, oh, it is true. Maybe this did happen. Oh, no, happen. it's totally fictional. It's a fictional yeah. play. Ebbing, Ebbing doesn't exist either. It's a fictional small town. I thought Missouri. that first, Steph. I yeah. was like, oh, thanks. Um, no, no, no. The extraordinary thing about this film is, I agree with you, I, 100%. I th- I, of all the... I mean, I've seen most of the um, awards films, you know, the mm-hmm. films that are coming out now. Um, that are vying for awards, I, Tonya and oh, I've um, seen I, Tonya. It's Get Out obviously came out ages ago. Yeah. That's you know that's been nominated, going to be nominated. Was up for lots of Golden Globes last night, um, and this is my favourite one, pretty much yeah. I think. Mm. But the interesting, it's facing a backlash Why? in America particularly. So this is an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up from mainly a lot of black critics, a lot of non-white critics are pointing out that its depiction of race is not great, is it slightly kind of insensitive. And so, for example, they're pointing out that um, the her f- best friend who she works with in the, in yeah. the film, at one point she's arrested, the, her black friend is arrested mm. by the horrible white racist cop, gratuitously, just to get back her. And you don't, and she drops out of it and you don't really see what happens yeah, to her Yeah, that is all, true. Which is yeah. bad. And then suddenly she flaw. just saunters back in and yeah. one scene you're like, she oh, okay, so you're in. out of right. prison. So that's, that's pretty, so people are saying, you know. That's sloppiness rather than race. Like, well, I don't even know if it's sloppiness. It's more, I thought the justification for that, which, you know, when you think about it is a flaw in the storytelling, is more, he just didn't have time if you like. I think it's that he didn't on, have time. Because the focus is on that's a whole other the trio story. of yeah. Rockwell, McDormand and Harrison, these three white people mm. and their flaws, he doesn't have time to address. But it is unfortunate, it feels unfortunate, I think, for these critics. And, and I can see why that the black character like her is just a kind of a nothing who's left out you know suddenly what? disappears from the story. No. And the other thing to just quickly to say one. is it begins almost the first scene or the f- one or, or first second scene Francis McDormand pointing out that Sam Rockwell's character has tortured and imprisoned a black man. Mm. And she and, th- and this is mentioned quite a few times mm. throughout the script to as a kind of easy way of signifying that Sam Rockwell's character is racist and horrible. But again, people are saying, well, hold on, you can't just use the torture of a black person who we don't even meet or, or is not a character as a way of then explaining that the guy's racist. And people are saying, you know, again, why are all the... We've got three-dimensional white people throughout about... Black people are just ciphers. Do you or know what? Not Wait, seen. So, they, I didn't... So, they, so they feel like you'd have to see the torture of the black person no, for them no, no, to be not seen going racist? that far. Just it's interesting that you don't even you know you, it could have you could have opened with a scene of the person Him doing it in jail yeah. or something. So it could they're, have been angry a vis- the, they're angry at the shorthanding of it. Yeah, I yes. actually would not have thought of that until you said that, but now you're saying it. Okay, so the three black characters in this are the guy who puts up the posters, yep. who has l- literally nothing yep. to say, um, the best friend, yep. and the police chief. Yep. And actually, they are not drawn out characters, no. are they at all? No. And I, I, you know what, I didn't th- really yeah. think about that. I'll just say that now. So it's interesting. Yes, that's why I brought it up. Yeah. I think I didn't, I, when you, and I think it is. It's undeniably probably true. It that is probably true for white people to see this film, and and it has had universally um, good reviews, pretty much. It's but, an amazing film, but from mostly white 
Critics. But I think it is a time thing because because there's so much to tell of these yeah. complex, yeah. these three complex characters, like you say, the kind of triad of emotions between these three and the interplay between these characters that actually it probably make yeah making the points. They ha- he hasn't laboured on making those points, or not laboured. No. That's not the right word. But he hasn't spent time making those points because maybe he just feels like, well, we've seen maybe we've seen so many stories of yeah. um, black people being tortured. We don't. I don't need to show that. It's enough for me to say allude to that this happened. Yeah. I, I agree. With you. I, I mean, I, I, you know, without wanting to white explain it, but yeah. I, I didn't. You know, you can only be honest, can't you? In your action. I didn't when think you, about all, it, Boyd, no. though, until you've said that. Right, and I didn't really either until I read those news and I thought, oh well, they've got a point. You can't, undeniably, they've got a point. But I think, you know, Martin McDonough, who I think he did hear an interview where he was asked about it explicitly, and he kind of said, well, really, it's it's about these characters. It's about you know, it's this about story. that situation, this story. And not that story. And I'm telling this story. The other interesting thing is it won all these awards last night. The Hollywood Foreign Press decides who wins the Golden Globes. Literally, foreign people, mm. foreign critics like us. Mm. And it is a foreign and Martin McDonough Irishman's view of this very American situation. You know I mean? So that's another reason why I think it feels, from American black people's point of view, a bit dodgy that this white European dude has made this story set in a very American world, but I think, which should deal with right. race, but maybe. It's, but it's not no, a story about race. Oh, it's not, it is a story about racism. <laughs> it is a story about racism, but it's not a story that's central thesis is racism. It's not about race. Uh, yeah, it's not about It's about, about race. a racist character. Yeah. Characters. Yeah, it, yeah. So... Oh. I agree it, with that. I'm just, it's I'm about just ex- Francis McDormand's character. It's like, it's like what we say, it's about these yeah. three people. I yeah. think you enter a bit of a, like, a dangerous territory. You can't cover everything. Kind of saying, oh, well, you know... This person can't write about situation in America because they're not American. I agree so with you. I'm not saying that. I'm just. Bollocks. I'm just saying. I'm just. I agree with that. I'm just saying this is definitely what I think it's some a fair critics point. have said. I think it is a fair yeah. point, actually. I yeah. think it's a fair point, but I think. I think it is a time thing. I think had there been more time, you might have seen him because it is very violent at certain points, and you do yeah. see a lot of nasty things that um, right. Sam Rockwell's character does. Yes, and in fact, it's kind of laser focused on the actions of those three yeah. characters which because that is, is the story yeah no, I, I agree I agree I'm just saying I think you have to address the fact that and it could you know this I'm calling it a backlash is a slightly um, facile word for it because these observations were made pretty much as soon as they came out from from you know the, mm. the, these these observers of the film these critics of the film but it is having I think it will affect its chances and I don't At think Oscar. it's gonna, I, I don't think it's going to win I think the I actors think Francis McDormand will oh, win I think she'll Oscar. win I don't think it'll win Best Picture as it did last night at the Golden Globes so I, I'd be surprised I had um, actually bigger issue with um, I don't want it's hard to describe it without giving anything away but like there's some characters that go through an emotional journey redemption yes. except, redemptive yes. That we, this whole thing is flawed. So you meet flawed characters who seem um, horrendous yeah. and possibly you see good shape. or evil. Yes. What, and this is all about, well, everyone has good and bad, isn't it? And you're, yeah, I know what you're going to, without ruining it. Yeah, I just, I found that a bit hard to get my head around. I don't think enough time, time was obviously an issue, but in which case, like, uh, distilling of the story, you know, they needed to, to focus on that because I think it was too easily glossed over. And this thing happened with this character showing, you know, different part of the personality. But I don't think you saw enough of what happened to bring about that change. Yeah, sure. And All I'd ending, say is there's, there's so a catalyst, isn't there? There's the letters. Of yeah. course, there is a catalyst, so but a, not enough. Again, without wanting to spoil having it, to, having seen how heinous the person sure. is, yeah, it's a hard simple to, letter. Yes, is, it's hard to talk about it without ruining it. But I, I think it, I thought the script was brilliant because I think that I thought that the a character sends letters to other characters without wanting to ruin it. And when they read them, I think it does 
transform slightly the way they think and you know a little light goes up yeah, and I find that believe I think that's I believable. think it's believable because that's somebody it's the power that they of a, that, yeah. it's powerful of that individual yeah, I think so. and I do totally believe yeah. that I think that yeah. I think that so, if a specific person in your life who you you held in such high regard sent you a letter which said blah 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 yes. you could you could change your view about oh, something of course but I just don't think overnight but anyway that's just my point with it and the ending but I thought it was a fantastic film well, I think we're all going to um, give it high marks. Steph, mm. how many stars are you giving Five it? stars. It's absolutely Kay. brilliant. Four and a half stars. <gasps> oh. Five from for me. For the reasons I said. Yeah. No, <laughs> fair enough. Three, judge for yourselves. Three billboards outside Ebbing, comma, Missouri, mm. opens in cinemas this Friday, the 12th of January. Finally, it's that time. It's question time. In honour of the two and a half hour epic... Britain's favourite dogs. My question to you is, what is the best dog in all of TV and film? This is such a hard question. I just can't believe we've even got this question because it's so hard. But there can be... Okay, let's not do it. No, I'm joking. There can be only one winner. There can be only one winner. And it is... Can there be only one winner? (laughs) Only one winner can there be? There can be. Oh, I've written it down. Eddie from Fraser. That's right, I've got a backup. She's got a backup. Oh, I thought you were going to go Roly from Extend. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, you're like mind reading. Roly. We're in tune. Incredible. Listen, Eddie from Fraser. Okay, so he is a Jack Russell. And his real name was... Okay, so he had... They were two of them. Moose and Enzo. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. They had two. Well, you know, it's like what they have with twins, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, he's sadly not with us anymore, but he was wonderful. And I loved him very much. <laughs> he was very good. He was fantastic. So you can't, you can fall. I'm sticking with them. Roly from EastEnders, the famous poodle who lived in the Vic, owned by Den and Ange. Fantastic. Or second to that in EastEnders, Ethel's Little Willie. But I'm just saying oh. that because I want to oh, say yeah, Little Willie. Willie was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Little Willie was uh, a yeah. better performer. <laughs> Possibly. Do you yeah. think? Yeah, I don't know. I was more convinced. What was um, Dean Gaffney's dog called? Did he Wellard. Wellard, that's it. God, EastEnders and dogs, they've had a long, yeah. long, long history of um, iconic... Canines. TV dogs. Mm. I'm going for What's Snoopy. Yours, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, you love peanuts. Charlie Brown. Charlie yeah. Brown and Snoopy. And Snoopy, they've some classic uh, American animated... Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie He's Brown Thanksgiving. Snoopy. Yeah, yeah. He's not a real dog, though. I know, but I didn't specify. If, it's if the best it, dog in all of TV and film. He makes up the rules. It could be any kind. Of, it could be any. It could be what any. if it has to be? What if it's always real life dogs? What? But that's not the that's not the question. Okay. The question was not what's your favourite real life dog in all, in all of TV and film. Right. It's what's your favourite dog in all of TV okay. and film. And I'm choosing Snoopy. Okay. Because Snoopy was a very well realised cartoon adaptation of the Charles M. Schultz original. Conception mm. of the genius that is Snoopy. That's why you were so angry your... about the beagle mention. In the yeah, Snoopy's a beagle, dogs. of course. Yeah. Mm. Can I just tell you something about the Fraser dog, which I just looked up? Okay, right. So, Moose was the original dog that played Eddie, right? Yeah. And then he was replaced, right, by a dog called Enzo, who was Moose's son. Oh. oh it was. Wow. A, it's a dog dynasty of acting. <laughs> the, the dogs looked exactly the same. Oh my god! Isn't this because Moose was up in <laughs> up in his years? Enzo was initially Moose. Uh, Enzo was initially to be Moose's stunt double. Stunt double. Dog stunt god, double. All Eddie did was jump on the sofa. Oh my what god. kind of level of stunts involved? Can in I that? just say this is more interesting than anything that happened in Hundred Best Dogs? Oh <laughs> well, no, you can't. <laughs> I'd like to see two and a half hour documentary on this thing. Yeah, on actually, the dog, I would as well. On the on Eddie TV, from Fraser. Dogs of TV. No, just don't Eddie on from Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see two and a half hours yes. of dog? Well, okay, I'm going to make that. The biopic of Eddie from Fraser. You write Moose the script. Enzo. With Enzo, it. see if Enzo's free. Yeah. No, the they're, they're, sadly, they're sadly passed. Both of them are passed. I think they're both gone. 
I think this probably this podcast has gone on long enough. I don't know. God, I what think. bombshell to end on? Yeah. Like, both Fraser dogs dead. Oh no, I think I think Moose is still oh, alive. Still <laughs> Sorry, <right>. more. <laughs> John wants to shoot himself in the face. Uh, if we could just hang out for another few hours and then we'll get some more updates on the <laughs> dog that played <laughs> the dog that played Eddie. Oh. But John might might have to get leave. <laughs> Purse down. Um that is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening to this wittering nonsense. <laughs> we'll be back next week. It's a goodbye from me. Goodbye for me. And goodbye for me.